guys welcome back to another episode of the morning state episode 155 this might be my favorite podcast that we've ever done coming to you live 709 monday night we have a ton of playoff hockey to talk about before we jump well should we wait to talk about the first overall pick or should we start with that pal i mean it's gonna be on your mind dude you might as well just get it off your chest i can see you're kind of you're itching uh, let's talk about it when we talk about the rangers and, Her- and hurricane series Okay, you just want to transition from that? Yeah, I think okay, so. good. Ebbs and flows, that's fair. Life's it a roller coaster. flows, and I think that there was a, a moment at your bachelor party where I looked over to you on the couch, and I, and I looked at you, and I just whispered, Lafreniere. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but we'll get to it. But, yes, we are back. We survived house bachelor party. Um, I remember before we left for the bachelor party, I remember, like, kind of bragging, like, oh, yeah, we got a week-long bachelor party, like, just really pumping the tires and all this stuff. And I – I don't know if I could ever do another week-long bachelor party, dude. <laughs> yeah, you were really pumped at that idea. I agree. Um, yeah, but, I mean, time, but by about the fourth day, I was out of gas. Yeah, and then you're just on E, um, which was to be expected. Like, I knew that was going to happen, but at least a week off from work, and there was a lot of hockey, which was nice, too. Like, the hockey part, I think, really pulled a lot together because there's literally hockey all day. Like, there were definitely games I did not watch for sure um, or wouldn't remember watching, but uh, a lot of hockey was to be had. Yeah, and, and I think you kind of nailed it because there were a lot of things that we were doing, but whenever you kind of got into that I'm exhausted mode, it was just go to the living room, turn on the Apple TV, there's a hockey game on. That was actually uh, very um, – I don't know. That 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 was just it meant a lot. Sorry, dude. Uh, going going through some stuff, dude. Uh, but yeah, so let's just kind of hop into it. Before we really get into it, we're just gonna go over the records. And I just want to say, this was a play-in round. This wasn't the Stanley Cup playoffs. So if we're really looking at our records here, this is kind of like preseason, spring training kind of stuff. So when I say that I went one and seven, in my predictions, it doesn't really matter because it, it wasn't real. Um, and and I'm okay with that. And and also, I don't know if that one and seven included Columbus over Toronto, but I did bet Columbus over Toronto. That's a couple units on the board for me and Karski Kush. How are you? Uh, so that was pretty good. I went one and seven. Dale went five and three, and you went three and five. So uh, upset century. Dale fucking wiping us clean, dude. Yeah, I would agree with what you said. I would just echo the point. I think Brad Marchand came out today and said that that wasn't real hockey. Um, so, I mean, we can only go up and Dale can only go down. Yeah, I, you couldn't say that any better than you just did. So, uh, let's just kind of dive into it. We'll do the round robins, and then we'll kind of get into the series. So, in the round robin Eastern Conference, Philadelphia Flyers went 3-0. and <clears throat> um, The Tampa Bay Lightning went 2-1. and The Capitals went 1-1-1. and Near Boston Bruins went 0-3. Uh, some things to kind of take away. It looks like the Flyers were just buzzing every game that they played. Carter Hart was uh, – playing unbelievable it's kind of funny because like everybody says he can't play on the road but like there there's no such thing as home ice right now in in the playoffs and I think that kind of plays a huge deal 
Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning went 2-1. and one. If you're a Lightning fan, that sounds good, but Victor Hedman just got hurt. He rolled his ankle, and then when he got off the ice, he started smashing his hockey stick against the wall, much like Paul O'Neill would do when he'd strike out back in the 90s for the Yankees. Uh, the Washington Capitals went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I would never – I wouldn't be too worried about the Caps. I, I saw that Tom Wilson scored a pretty goal against the Bruins after Pasternak said that he was the best goal scorer in the league. And then uh, your Bruins went 0-3, which uh, – here's the thing. Right. I, I, the round robin, that that didn't matter at all to me. Honestly, the only thing that mattered is getting through there healthy. Did anybody on the Bruins get hurt? No. I wouldn't be worried about it. Because would you rather be 0-3 with nobody hurt going in to play real hockey or 2-1 with your best defenseman who just blew out his ankle? Yeah, dude. I No, I would agree with that. Like, it kind of sucks, like – I would say, like, the the round-robin games, if anybody watched them, they really weren't worth your time compared to the other games. Like, I, I felt like the Flyers came out of that 3-0, and and they were probably the only team that was giving maximum effort, it felt like. Um, and I also think that might have something to do with, even though the Lightning haven't won a cup, but the Lightning, Capitals, and Bruins, like, are teams that are used to making long runs. They probably just, like, weren't ready for this. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. If you're a Flyers fan, you have to be stoked, though. I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, but yeah, lightning are probably in the toughest spot right now because they just lost headman. Something's going on with Stamkos, I'm pretty sure. And they're staring down towards in the second round. Yeah. And fucking Tortorella, man, we're going to get to that at some point. Uh, do you, do we want to break down anything else from these series? I'm trying to think if anything like really big happened. I don't No. I don't really think so. Uh, the only thing to take away from this is you went 0-3 and, and so did the Rangers. So, like, I don't really think that you can talk that much shit about it. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Here's first one. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. This was the uh, biggest gap between teams in, in terms of, like, if you were to bet the Canadians, you'd win the most money out of all the other teams. Like, the Canadians were not supposed to win. Little do you know, Carey Price puts the team on his back. They win 3-1. I remember before the playoffs started, I don't know if it was Pittsburgh, but a thing kind of came out where it's like five-game series are hard because a player like Carey Price can steal however many games, and that's kind of exactly what he did. I don't think Pittsburgh played bad. I think Pittsburgh are – yeah, I think Montreal – you look at Claude Julien, when you hear about him, you, you kind of think of defensive hockey uh, with with your more strategy in the defensive end. That's what they did, dude. And, and they, I think they kind of wore out the Penguins. Malkin wasn't really around. Crosby was because Crosby's always around. But uh, I don't know. What did you have on this series? I, I mean, I'm still shocked that Montreal won. But uh, that, I guess that's what happens when you have the best goalie in hockey. Yeah, dude. I I don't know. When you look at the Habs, like, it's definitely a big win for them. And it's kind of cool to see. Like, you touched on Carey Price. He had the, what, 947 save percentage. Um, he looked like the old Carey Price. Shea Weber looked good. Jeff Petrie looked good. Like, a lot of their older guys looked like good hockey players. Like, Gallagher was flying around. Like, I know, I know they were low-scoring games and it was defensive hockey, but you'd have to be happy with, like, how your entire lineup played. Uh, and then if you look, I agree with you said with Julian, like, and we're, I kind of just kept being a theme when I look through this stuff. Uh, Julian, Tortorella, Trotz, like, they're like the defensive coaches, right? And they all, and they're all playing in the next round. Like, I feel like a lot of people thought that hockey was going and you needed, like, the hot 33-year-old coach who was going to play run-and-gun hockey. But I feel like they're showing, like, still wins in the playoffs. Like, might not be the prettiest thing, but it definitely still wins. Um I mean, yeah, Shea, I Shea Weber having two goals and two assists in four games is pretty big. 
as yeah. on the back end, and that guy plays all sorts of minutes, whether it be power play, penalty kill, he's just an absolute savage of a human being. Um, and, yeah. and it seemed like everybody kind of really brought in Nick, Nick Suzuki had a couple points, which I think if you're a Canadians fan, like you like seeing your rookies have points, right? The Rangers, they don't do that, but other teams do that where they have rookies who like put the puck in the net. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I'm like, I'm looking at Pittsburgh, obviously Crosby showed up, Brian Rost, but mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Murray with a 2.5 goals against Tristan Jerry with a 1.02, that's not going to cut it against Carey Price. Um, that's kind of what I have on this series. I don't know. I, I was shocked, but I was happy that the Canadians won. Crosby also like kind of came out and said he was banged up, which I was surprised because I feel like he usually doesn't do that. Yeah. So I forget. He like got injured early in the year. I don't remember what it was or when it was, but I guess he was still dealing with that too. So like injured Crosby, I don't know. People said that basically came down a lot to Penguins D just wasn't as good as Canadians D, which I agree with, but you got to think – the Penguins will be, like, just as good next year and they'll be back in the playoffs. You don't think that this could be the beginning of the end of, like, the Pittsburgh, like... Yeah, the only the only thing I can see, though, might come on the back end. It might come down to Latang. Like, I think out of those three players that are really their core, he's going to deteriorate the most first. And he's always kind of been, whether you like it or not, like, they're pretty much their number one defenseman through this whole dynasty. Like, And if he can't play as many minutes, I think that's going to kill more. Whereas I think Crosby and Malkin will always be able to play they always run like four lines too penguins are always four lines deep like i know crosman and malkin play like two minutes on the power play but i can see them doing that for five more years yeah no and, and you know what dude like i i don't know i wouldn't be pissed if i see montreal kind of go on a run i i've never really hated montreal the way i hate other eastern conference teams and we've talked about it before like when come I, on dude when when that rangers montreal series you did not like the canadians i just knew that we were gonna win like <laughs> so you know, if they go on a run, especially if they have to play the Bruins at some point, that'd be nice. But uh, well, let's let's move on to the next one here. We oh yeah, this next one's my series: the Rangers and the Hurricanes. The Rangers got absolutely titty twisted, wet willied, swirled in the toilet, uh, swept three nothing. Here's a couple things I have to talk about this, and there's so many different narratives that I tried coming up with. Um, one being the refereeing uh, was clearly pro Hurricanes the entire series. Um, even though the Rangers went 0 for 7 on the power play in the, in the first game, that, you know, that just means that the refs weren't giving them enough. I think the biggest thing with the Rangers, Brendan Smith can't be one of your top five players if you want to win a playoff series. And I think that is the biggest thing for the Rangers. Panarin's a Benajad, they score some goals. Chris Kreider needed Sean Avery to go on a fucking Instagram story to actually even play any sort of hockey. And I don't know how you're starting Henrik Lundqvist the first two fucking games. Like, to me, it just seemed like the Rangers didn't really want to fucking play. Like, I get Hank's pass against the Hurricanes and, like, he's the king and all this shit. He is, I would say, easily by far our worst of our three goalies. So, even if Igor Shesterkin was hurt or banged up or unfit to play, you still got to start Georgiev. Like, you have to. So, I thought that was really weird how you, you start your, your worst goalie, you lose, and then you keep him in there. And And here's the thing, like, it's not even – it's not even like Hank played that bad. I don't think he played that bad. The Rangers just don't play good in front of Henry Lundqvist. They never have. Like, back in the day, Hank was sick, so it didn't really fucking matter. But you can – and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's psychology or just, like – or what it is. But whenever the Rangers have a backup goalie in, they always play better. So I don't understand why that happened. Again, Brendan Smith can't be your best player. 
fuck Brady Shea. The first hit he's ever thrown in his entire career happens in the like the first two minutes of a playoff game. Um, I don't know. And, and you hate to see Carolina social media trolling us on Twitter. Like they just did it. They said, you're welcome for giving you the first round pick all this shit. Like, cool. I mean, they can do, they can skate like the Sebastian Ajo is no joke. He's fucking sick. Svechnikov's a pretty good player too. I'm not a huge Teravina guy, nor am I a Nita Ryder guy or Warren fucking Fogle. But I thought Jacob Slavin looked incredible. Um, Sammy Votnin, he, I mean, he hadn't played forever and he just comes back. I just, I don't know. Hayden Fleury's a dork. And then, and then not even this, dude. They start their starting goal in the first two games. Game three, they put in their backup because they just don't, they, they know the Rangers aren't going to beat them. So they start James Reimer and they still fucking lose. So, like, no respect. No, no respect. respect, dude. So before we get to like the glorious ending of it all for you, I just like to touch on a couple of points just so we can really like, bring you down to build you up um it was the hurricanes like you hate the hurricanes the hurricane fans hate you um true they do not most do not like us even though i feel like i'm a pretty bipartial hurricane fan um too the twitter thing was hilarious dude like and again to double back down that this is the hurricanes the team that you like despise and they literally just swept the rangers it's just something that i really want to build in there um I mean Lemieux looked sick in the regular season when he did that dude like I thought it was a power move it got the boys going um just just one of those freezing cold takes you don't like to see uh the Rangers sucked I thought I thought they were just really bad games dude like when I was looking when I was watching the games there just seemed to be no flow like Pat it looked like they were playing on like wet ice like it I felt the same way about the Bruins like to be fair but do you know what I mean like there was just no so much slower than the Carolina Hurricanes and it wasn't and I don't know if that is that that coaching is that like is that David Quinn not preparing his team for a fucking playoff series like what is that it has to be something and again it all comes back to this and I fucking love Brendan Smith he played out of his mind the effort that he put forth in those three games was unbelievable he was the most noticeable ranger on the ice every time he went out there he was fucking cross-checking like fucking giant hits Uh, he was awesome that guy cannot be your top five player in a playoff series he can't if that happens you get swept just like this yeah no i agree and i think i think that really builds to my my ultimate point which is like i think I think a slap in the face builds character. Like it's probably the best thing that could happen to this Rangers team. Like Rangers Twitter was feeling it. Like the team was feeling it. Like they have two star players. They have young players. Like it's exciting, but it's year two of the rebuild. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was good for even the players and the coach to probably take a step back and be like that. Like we don't have what it takes yet. Like we need to get better. And I think ultimately that's probably a good thing for a young group that that happens. So I think that's the positive you take away. Um, yeah. Oh, oh. And really quick, the real 77, dude, I was thinking about this. I wasn't sure if I was going to go to this extent, but I think 65 year old Italian restaurant owner, Ray Bork, uh, would be able to stop, stop that instead of watching Tony D get it put between his legs, dude. Like you're not the real 77. And like, even though that was dramatized, the hall of famer would never have let that happen. Tough look for Tony D'Angelo. Although I will say it's not fair for the Rangers people out there who are taking that one, like, example of one play when they weren't going to win the series anyway and basically saying he stinks when he had a good year. Well, dude, but still, 
the dumbest thing about that entire thing that you just said. Yes, but he, still do the, he got burned. He got burned. The real 77. Ray Bork's been, Ray Bork's been burned before. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Everybody's blaming Tony D'Angelo. That play is 1,000% on Jacob Truba. Truba had the puck at the blue line, fucked around with it, got the puck turned over as he's skating back towards the fucking net, and then Tony D'Angelo's flat-footed. What is he supposed to do? Yeah. Honestly, to be – as it, when you play defense, like, I probably the – scariest feeling in the world is when your defense your partner turns it over and is nowhere to be found no that is a frightening feeling because you're basically doing a total reverse you have nothing that you you have you you're in no man's land there's nothing you can do dude and aho is one of the fastest players in the league yeah and and aho fucking made it rain but i think it all (laughs) this comes down to third period i look over at you you look at me and you go you're already starting right now aren't you i said Lafreniere, dude. Lafreniere. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard or not, the New York Rangers were blessed with the first overall pick in next year's entry-level draft. Um, I mean, (laughs) speechless, dude. I was screaming at the top of my lungs when I saw the New York Ranger, like, ping-pong ball come out of there. Did you watch it? No. All right. I'm sorry, I didn't, dude. I, I didn't. All right, dude. <laughs> Tell me about it, dude. Let me live it through you. Let me live it through Kev's eyes. All right, well, I'm sitting in the living room eating taco salad, and I'm thinking to myself, like, how fucking cool would it be if the Rangers got the first round, first overall pick? And I remember I remember going back and, and thinking about when we got the second overall pick, being in the living room with my dad during, like, the uh, – like the draft lottery with the balls and shit and like the Rangers not coming up and him and I looking at each other being like, holy shit, we have one of the first three picks. And then the third overall pick went to the Blackhawks and we lost our shit. I'm like, it was, it was crazy. And I just I remember thinking about that and being like, I mean, there's a 12% chance we get this, but that means there's an 88% chance that we don't get this. I'm chilling there. The ball comes up and I see a little bit of blue and red on the ball. And I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. They turn it around, and the rest is history, dude. We're about to get an elite, elite, elite level prospect. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, what can you tell people who don't? Do you know anything about him? No, I mean, I don't know as much as uh, as the next fan's perspective on it. Like, I know he's, I know he's supposed to be really good. He looked really good at World Juniors. Like, as a seventeen-year-old, he looked. He was, wasn't he? Like the MVP, like. Definitely, definitely an elite prospect, um, but I don't, I don't have like a super insider's edge on it. Like I would be pumped. Like I, I would definitely be pumped if I was a Rangers fan. Like I could try to like, I was already trying to spin in your head like all the possibilities, but really you just draft this kid first overall. Um, Best part about no the Rangers don't draft Canadians. They just don't do it. If you look back in the past, like I don't know why they don't. Like, you should probably draft players from the best hockey playing country. But we're, we're going to get ourselves a fucking hell of a player, man. And then when you look at our, at our top six wingers over the next few years, and I don't think it's, it, it might be next year, it might not be next year. But if you're telling me your top six, six wingers are Panarin, Kreider, Lafreniere, and Capo Caco, I mean, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's not – I mean, that's not bad at all. Obviously, you've you got to still be high on Capo Caco. Uh, even though it was a disappointing year one. He played, and, I mean, he played who well knows? I think, 
but he still didn't score. But he 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 was night and day better in the playoffs than he was all regular season. Is Capo a right winger? I I don't know the answer to that question. So I think if he is, I'm pretty sure Lafreniere is a left winger. So just put them together, like put the first and second overall pick together on a line and give him a good center, like give him like Mika or somebody, like just try it. I don't know. Yeah, what do you have to lose? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I just hope that the development goes good. I mean, this could be – it could be classic Rangers where this kid sucks, but they just interviewed him. I, when I was 18 years old, I looked nothing like that kid. He looks like he's like 29 years old as an 18-year-old. It's insane. And it, it, he's electric. He, he, he fucking – he's super talented. And the one thing that they say about him is they said he has an unreal compete level. And for me, that's huge because you see a lot of these kids who are super talented that – come over and are supposed to fucking be real good. And then you just, I mean, look at Kratzov supposed to be really, really talented. And he, and me still has a shot. Look at Leas Anderson, little fucking soy boy. So uh, I'm pumped about that. And yeah, so that was that, that was that series. I had a drawn up the way exactly how I uh, wanted it to happen. So um, I also loved you staying really, I am positive on this. I am very happy for you, dude. Um, but it's going to be awesome that I can always, like, reference the Hurricane Storm surge with this kid, like, for the next 20 years. Like, say he's a true first overall pick and he retires in the year, like, 2040, a Hall of Famer. I'll always be able to talk about the Storm surge, at least. That's fine, dude. He, he is the Storm, dude. Clap your hands when Lafreniere's coming to <laughs> Um, Next series, the Islanders and the Panthers. The Islanders won the series 3-1. If we look back to my pick, I think that was, that you was should a, make a you should make a shirt and it's like a tornado going through a town and then after it it's like Lafreniere rising from the ashes, dude. Like a phoenix, dude. Like a phoenix. <laughs> he's the phoenix, dude. Uh, All right, moving on, dude. Yeah, let's stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> Islanders and Panthers. If you listen back to my prediction, I think it was kind of a hard okay thing to do. I was trying to will the Panthers to success when I think subconsciously I knew they didn't have a shot in hell of beating the Islanders. Islanders won 3-1. They looked great. <clears throat> um, I love Bavillier. I think that's his name. Uh, Varlamov looked good. He has half the cap hit of Bobrovsky. Um, I mean, Pajot, he, he fucking three goals. That guy's lights out in the playoffs. I, there's, you're hard-pressed to find a player that performs the way Pajot does in the playoffs. Yeah, dude, there were people who are nervous. He had, like, two points in seven games after the trade deadline, and they were, like, nervous he wasn't going to perform. Like, that's all that guy does. Like, he does it on not good teams, but, like, he shows up. Yeah. And Bavillier is sick, too. I agree with that. Um, and then you just wrote down some other things. You, uh, Pollock, Mayfield, Letty, Taves all stepped up. Like, all of them, dude. I don't even – I can't even think of, like – don't you think the Islanders have one of the most irrelevant decors, like, ever? Yeah. And they and like they did this with and I don't I'm not saying that in a negative way I'm saying that in like they're just like a lot of them are like late draft picks or guys yeah. who didn't work out or like like I think those case came from like Quinnipiac like yeah. it's just like a it's a weird defense but like Trotz gets the most out of them and they play great dude like I would love to have that decor and how they played in that round like on my team and and Boychuk coming back only makes that better like that's I don't know I I think. I think they're an interesting team. I know you hate the Islanders, and I don't like them to win the Stanley Cup, but, like, the next round's the first round. Like, I don't know. And because we didn't really talk about them, I feel like I didn't talk about them because, like, isn't this so Panthers? I know you were a Panthers fan growing up, and, like, Van Beesbrook and Mellon B, like, good times, dude. But, like, I just – I don't get it. It just feels like no matter what they have on their roster, it's the same result. The same team. 
Like they're never they're never a threat ever. And Classic Panthers to fire their GM and head of uh, head of hockey Dale Talon like immediately afterwards probably left them at the fucking bubble. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never played the Panthers and we're like, oh shit, we have to play the Panthers. <laughs> I love the Panthers, but that's that's just how it is. Um, shout out to EO Dubs Mantis Toboggan for his Long Island victory. Moving on. Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think in the in the predictions last podcast, we all picked Toronto. I bet the Blue Jackets with uh, Karski Kush and ended up winning, dude. This was, to me, this was the most exciting series, right? Yeah, 100%, dude. And it's also like a series that sucks because we both said Toronto, but it was one of those things where, like, our brains told us Toronto, but we should have followed our hearts. Yeah, we should have, dude. That's and when I when I made that bet. I just thought to myself, like, there's not going to be a team that's more well prepared for the playoffs than a team coached by John Tortorella. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. I don't, I don't know. What do you have on it? Is that just is your big takeaway, Torts? Torts. I mean, dude, that, <laughs> if you look at the they should not be a good hockey team, dude. If you look at the at the people on their team, like, there's no names that really stick out to you. I love I love Pierre Luc Dubois and Torts. Screaming at each other on the bench, and then the next game, fucking Dubois puts a fucking three spot on the board. Like, Torrance knows how to get the best out of it, and the, the, with this captain Nick Foligno, who's who's kind of, I mean, he's not Ryan Callahan, but I feel like they kind of share the same type of fabric of hockey player, where they might not be the most talented, skilled guy, but they still have that if they need it. But they're tough as shit, and they'll go through you. And that's the type of captain that Torrance likes. Again, just like with Ryan Callahan, and I think a lot of their guys feed off of, of what's going on there. Uh, this fucking Liam, Liam Foodie. Yeah. I heard him 36 times last night, like out of nowhere. It's unreal. I, I heard Capo Caco's name like three times a whole year. Liam Foodie's being talked about every two seconds. 18th uh, overall. Yeah. I mean, he was incredible. And I don't know. I, I was a little worried when Toronto came back in, in game four, they were down three goals, like 344 left, one in overtime. But I thought it was really cool how Torts was like, yeah, like you guys are making a big deal out of this. But we played a really good hockey game for 56 minutes. And he's right. They were up 3 nothing. They were they were borderline dominating. Then all of a sudden the Leafs just came back like it was one of those freak things. But I think it's important that instead of panicking, Torts probably went in the room and was like, guys, you played a fucking good game, but you're a bunch of idiots in the last four minutes. Like that's that's essentially what happened. And – I mean, I don't know. What, what do you have on this? Yeah, a uh, couple of things. Uh, Jonas Corpusell having two shutouts is kind of crazy, dude. Like, he was really good. And it's funny, too, because if you – 956 save percentage, if you look back, right, it was like kind of the Elvis show this year. Like, he was he was the hot star. And credit to Torts for, like – I think Elvis actually ended up, like, being unfit to play, and that's how he got rushed in there. But, like, do you think you got to ride him at this point, right? Like – he just got a he yeah. just had a shutout. Yeah, he played fucking awesome, dude. Like, and that was that was something that he talked about after the game. It's like after last year when Bobrovsky left, one of their biggest like what they thought were problems was their goaltending. And then he he mentioned that without either of those two, they want to be where they are today. I, I just fucking love Tortorella, dude. I know he got a ton of shit when he coached the USA team or whatever, but like, guys, that USA team fucking sucked. That USA team was not going to do shit. Okay. So I don't really think that had to do with Torts. I mean, 
he gets people to buy in and, and in an age where everybody gets so fucking offended about what people say and what people do and what people think. Yeah. Torch is going to ruffle some feathers. And there's gonna be a lot of people pissed off that like some alpha is trying to alpha them and they can't go home to their mommies and daddies and cry about it. And that's kind of what it is. And that's why I fucking love Torch. Torch still has that old school in him. He still has that shit that I was brought up learning and like going and like playing for certain coaches and shit like that. And then I, I think some teams don't need that. But some teams do. Could you imagine if Tortorella coached the Maple Leafs? Yeah, but I just don't think it would work. I don't I think don't, they would I don't either, either is what I'm saying. Like, he would have Mitch Marner hiding underneath his bed. Right, but that does – that is – I dude, I 100% agree with everything what you're saying, but that also – you have to give credit to, like, that whole team, though, because they all buy in. They all buy like, in. Not every, team, not every team buys in. Like, yeah. there are certain players that definitely, like, do not play for John Tortorella, and it seems like – what the Blue Jackets are lucky is they don't have like superstars, but they have really good young players who seem to buy in and like Jones, Lorensky and Dubois. And like, that's all they need. Like those are three very good players. Like I, I think people don't give those three players enough credit and maybe the Blue Jackets aren't as bad as we think, but I agree all around, like unbelievable job by Torts. Uh, the only other, the other thing I have to say, the Maple Leafs with that comeback, it was definitely cool. But like when you, like they've been like, you know what I mean? Like when it's happened to you so many times, like it feels obtainable. Like it probably wasn't that big of a deal to them. Like they've been on the other end of it. Like I probably was a huge deal to them. I shouldn't say that, but like they've seen it happen. So they know it can, cause it happened so many times against them. Didn't they beat the lightning last year? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's, (laughs) but I did want to on that, uh, in that comeback game, the Spezza fight was awesome. Like seeing Jason Spezza fight to get the boys going is incredible. And you kind of feel for him because he's definitely at the end of his career. And he probably realized that. And he probably realized, like, he's Smith kids- was a hell of a hockey player. Dude. Yeah, 100%. So good. 100%. And I could be wrong on that, but I feel like it was pretty much strictly when he was with the Senators, though. Yeah. Yep. 1,000%. Like, Jason Spezza, when he was on the Senators, was, a, like, a, a good number one center in this he was league. so good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I felt bad for him because I, I just liked how he's – I don't know. You kind of see a guy just want a cup so bad, and it's probably not going to happen. Um, my last thing, dude, it's been five years. Like, the re- it's like it was a five-year plan, and here we are. It just seems like the Maple Leafs have learned nothing. Like, no Muzzin, I think, ultimately killed them. Like, when they lose Muzzin, like, how many years are the Maple Leafs going to realize that you can't be try- trying out the Cody Cece's, the Jake Gardner's <laughs> of the world? Like, did you like see all those clips of Cody Cece? Like, there was one where he took a shot, and it, the shot literally went to the corner, and the announcer's like, and here's a shot from Cece, and he misses a net by a mile. <laughs> Dude, I just – I don't know, man. Like, it just seems like such an obvious fix for the Leafs. Like, you, like maybe, like, someone a little bit cooler than Kyle Clifford on the fourth line. Like, maybe – and just, like, get some defense and, like, a couple grinders. No? I, thought, I saw somebody tweet out today. I, I think it was – might have been PJ Stock. It might not have been. But they were talking about, like, trades and shit, and they said, what about uh, what about fucking John Tavares to the Canadians for Shea Weber and Brendan Gallagher? What? Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, dude. I- I'm I'm guessing it if this guy tweeted it, then he knows that the cap hit would work on it. But like if I'm Montreal, I don't think I do that. I don't think I do that either. Although John Tavares is a fucking absolute like that's your he number has, one center. He has such a big cap hit though. And I and I know that Weber's probably isn't that much smaller, but like 
I just feel like with the Habs, like if the Habs lose Shea, losing Shea Weber is and Brendan Gallagher is like their identity. That's yeah. their identity on offense and defense. Like that is who makes the Habs like work under Claude Julian. I think and to trade like, him for one superstar. I think that's I why they wanted that trade to happen because they want the Maple Leafs to have a new identity. <laughs> and like to be honest with you, and I'm like choking and shit over here. If they want a new identity, then they would have to trade one of their young stars, like not John Tavares, not John Tavares. And you're not going to trade him. Like, I'm sure he, like, I don't know what his contract is, but like, I don't think you're going to trade him like one year in. What about, um, do you think that if the Maple Leafs wore team colored polos and khaki pants that they'd be moving on to the next round? <laughs> no comment, dude. I don't even, have you been cooking that joke up? I think you fired that one on me earlier too. I was like, fuck. Well, no, just everybody was like, Austin Matthews is so cool. He's wearing, like, a Gucci bucket hat and, like, his sleeve tattoo is sick. And that's all people talked about when they're walking to the rink. And it's like, maybe they should have just worried about hockey. I always feel like all the young players on the Maple Leafs, they, like, wake up every morning and the first thing they say is, like, my life's a movie. Yeah, dude, my, my, my life's a movie, dog. Let me, let me put on this Gucci bucket hat and this Mickey Mouse T-shirt and have people think about, like, how cool I am. And I don't hate it, dude. Like, I don't care if dudes want to dress up. It's just very, like, I don't know. It's very Maple Leafs. I thought um, – I didn't know Mitch Marner was an assistant captain. Yeah. You don't like that? I mean, he he seems to work hard. I fucking love Mitch Marner. Like, it, I, I've said this on the podcast before. If I could be any any NHL player currently, I'd probably be <laughs> Mitch Marner. Because you'd want your life to be a movie, dude. I would want to be in a movie, dude. <laughs> I want to have the I want to have the freedom to wear whatever I want to the rink, dude. You know, but that's uh, that's the Eastern Conference. We're gonna move we're gonna move on here. Uh, Western Conference: uh, Hal's Vegas Golden Knights go three and zero. Colorado Avalanche go two and one. The Dallas Stars go one and two, and the St. Louis Blues go zero two and one. Couple things about this: uh, Ryan Reeves, Jason Dickinson, Tyler Sagan, and Robin Leonard all kneeled for the anthem. Thought that was a cool thing. Um, I think Reeves went up to Sagan and said that he really appreciated the fact that like Tyler is using his platform to really listen, learn, all all those sorts of things. So I thought that was kind of cool. Other thing I have in this: St. Louis Blues being 0-2 and one. You see a lot of the times the team win a Stanley Cup and the next year they go into the playoffs and they kind of shit the bed, right? Yeah. I think that this is as good for the St. Louis Blues as it possibly could be. Almost as like kind of like a wake-up call. Like, okay, we went 0-2. Like, we have some things. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I think you – That happened now than actually in the first round. Yeah, like, I feel like you do see it a lot where, like, the year after a team wins the Cup the first time they have a good regular season, and then they kind of, like, fall apart in the first round. And then usually they'll be back. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Louis was back next year if that was the case. But I don't know. I'm not going to, like – I am i can't jump to conclusions because I'd be a hypocrite because the Bruins are all saying that they didn't care and they just got fucking dumped on for three straight games. So, like, I'm kind of in a tough spot to say the Blues aren't going to be good. Hey, don't feel bad. The Rangers got dunked on two and three games. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't really have anything else on the round robin. Like do you like I thought I don't I know the Avs lost in the nights, but I thought the Avs looked really good. Like um I just enjoy watching them play 
And I'm not really surprised that the Knights went three and zero. Bro, I don't think I watched one of these games. I, we definitely. Yeah, you were probably passed or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I watched Oof. a lot of the series, but I don't think I saw. I definitely didn't see Vegas play. I saw Avalanche play. I think Minnesota as like a scrimmage before. Don't remember the Stars and definitely don't remember the Blues. So that's my input for you guys. Sorry. Uh, moving on, first series, Edmonton Oilers, Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago won the series 3-1. Dude, there's only so much Connor McDavid can do, dude. Like, he is in an absolute world of his own. I've never seen anything like it. Just, just the best hockey player I think I've ever seen. Just He's just so fast, and he's, he just controls the game. It's You have the NHL, and then you have the level above the NHL where there's only one person, and that's Connor McDavid. It's insane. Yeah, dude, and I think I, it's weird because I just beat the drum of Drysdale winning the MVP, but like it definitely shows like who the best player on that team is. Like, there's no question like and who the best player in the world is. He's definitely the best player, dude. I don't, I don't know. This series is weird to me. Like, I think Dale did. Did you pick the Blackhawks? Who picked the Blackhawks? Dale, I think. I don't know. Dale picked the Blackhawks. I did not see it at all. I mean, you put down Kublik had six points. That's like a classic, like Panarin, like times two, yeah. just like comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Sick player, and their their core showed up. Like Kane looked good. I think Taze had a ton of points. Duncan Keith was playing like thirty minutes a night. So I, I don't know. I mean, if you're a Blackhawks fan, you have to be pumped. I don't think. Dude, I'm an idiot. I've I've had the stats up for each one of these teams. I have like thirty five tabs open specifically for this. So yeah, Jonathan Taves had seven points, uh, four goals, three assists. Kubelik had six go- uh, three goals, three assists. Duncan Keith, four points on the back end with four assists. Ole Mata had two goals. Ole Mata still in the league, wow. And uh, Corey Crawford had 3.75 goals against. And if that's not fucking Chicago Blackhawks winning a Stanley Cup goaltending, I don't know what it is. It's true, dude. I'm pretty sure on the preview podcast I said Corey Crawford's sick, but not that sick. So he rubbed that in my face. I mean, he can get hot. He can definitely – it's that thing where Crawford can get hot in the playoffs. He but confirmed it more than anything. He had a 3.75 goals against. I think he kind of nailed it. Yeah. Uh, oh, other goalie. Corpusalo, dude. Can he change his number? I can't look at a goalie wearing 19 anymore. It freaks me out. Like, do you have any comments you know, on that, or do you kind of like about, it? You're talking about Koskinen. 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 Sorry. You Too many tall finish goalies, dude. That is a really weird number for a goaltender to be wearing. Yes, you are accurate about that. Um, my last thing, I have one more thing on this series. I don't know I don't know if you remember this, but for some reason I thought it was the sickest play. I think that – I think we they were tied – it was tied like 2-2 two, two or 3-3 three, three right before overtime. And, so they were uh, losing. It was literally the last play in the Oh, game. they were losing, yeah. And it was, there was like 10 seconds left, and they went in on the four check, and like Darnell Nurse okay. came up and stepped this guy up on the blue line, like got up from his knees, took the puck, and like missed the net wide. But it was like – it was a zinger. It was it was a rip. It would have been the sickest play ever. And I just like was surprised because I was going through Twitter and stuff and like Edmonton Oilers fans are like typical Darnell nurse missing the net. It's like, dude, that was like the ultimate last ditch effort. Like I don't care if he can hit the net like fuck, like nobody else on the Oilers was gonna do that right there. Like, he, that the was, like, he like he like slid down, <laughs> tripped the dude, stood up, grabbed the puck, and then yeah, he fucking ripped one in the corner, but still Yeah, to try to beat the buzzer. It's like get off the dude's back. Holy shit. That's I don't know. I thought that was a crazy play. And apparently there are Edmonton Oilers fans that are really low on him. I think like 
and they want him out. Um, I don't know. To me, that seems stupid of the Oilers to trade like their young defenseman. But I feel like if there's any franchise that would do it, it'd be the Edmonton Oilers. I feed me Darnell Nurse, dude. I love him. <laughs> Isn't his uncle like Donovan McNabb? Yeah, Syracuse legend. Yeah. Um, so the Hawks, the more wily team they end up winning. Nashville, Arizona. Arizona wins this one 3 1. This is probably the series I was most shocked about. Just because like I don't think the Coyotes are that good and but maybe they are now that they got rid of Trika. Uh hopefully this this is sticking it to Trika. They should make t shirts to say that. But um yeah, so they won the series three one. I thought the young guns kind of stood out. Um, Clayton Keller, I think, led their team in points. I can actually tell you that because, again, I had this up, but I'm just being a fucking idiot. Um, yep, Clayton Keller, he had four points. Taylor Hall, four points. Uh, OEL, four points. Phil Castle, four points. Dvorak, three. Step on, three. Uh, Darcy Kemper, man. Fucking really, really good goalie. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on there. And the, I think the Preds are done, dude. Yeah. I do, too, and I've kind of been beating this drum. I remember on our picks, you strictly won Preds because you hung out with a Spencer the week before, so I'll give you a pass on that just because you were hanging out with a family from Nashville. Um, But I just don't know, dude. I haven't believed in the Predators really since their cup run. It just seems like it's gone downhill. Like, Matt Duchesne, two points in four games. Remember they traded Fiala for Granlin? Granlin had one point in the series. Kyle Turris got put down from the second to third line. Zero points in the series. The Nashville Predators have a sick team if this team played like three years ago. Yeah. It just seems like their forwards aged young and like, I don't know. They have a good back end still, but to me, to me, I think you have so many good defensemen still. Like you do have like three or four good defensemen still trade one, like get a better forward, like stop signing people like Matt Duchesne, like it just seems like they've been making bad decisions for, like, five years straight. Yeah. They they just keep getting, like, instead of, like, 1A players, they get, like, 1B or 2A players. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't have that, that one guy. Forsberg's sick. Other than Roman Yossi, too. Roman Yossi's a stud. Roman Yossi's so good. But other than that, like, I don't know. I like Victor Arvidsson a lot. I was – I was shocked. And, and the number one thing about the Oilers, dude, come playoff time, you have no idea what, what type of goaltending you're going to get from them. And you, uh, UC Saros, 3.22 goals against, not going to cut it. So the Oats are moving on. Um, the Canucks versus the Wild. The Canucks won the series 3-1. Uh, this was another fucking homer pick by Ked, I think, just because I like Zuccarello. Let's talk on that first. What did you think? I think he only had, like, a point, dude. Do you think, like – you, did you notice Zook at all, or they aren't they aren't playing him with their best players? They're like playing him with. So I I don't get it, man. He Zuccarello is a player where if you could, you would put him on a line with somebody who's like a plus, he'll get him the puck ten times out of ten and put up eighty points a year, like without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, that's not gonna happen playing with a bunch of fucking plugs, dude. Like <laughs> he's not gonna put up eighty points if you have Jordan Greenway on his line. It's not gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the Canucks were buzzing. Quinn Hughes, six points. JT Miller, did you watch that fucking pregame like speech that he did? Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that right was pretty cool. What do you think, dude? Right now, what wasn't Tan? Wasn't Tanner? Wasn't he not Tanner Pearson? Wasn't JT Miller the guy who like never been hunting but has like a hunting tattoo? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know. I liked it, dude. It's kind of weird seeing him like kind of like blow up and like have a big season and like. Did you ever He's a see leader. it coming? He like grown up. Yeah, I I was I can always say I was always J T Miller over Chris Kreider. I always thought you should have kept him over Kreider. Yeah, um, I mean, Kreider sucks, but. But yeah, dude, I I think if you're a you're a Canucks fan, you seem to be realistic and realize this probably still isn't going to be your year. But like, they have so many good forwards, and then Quinn Hughes on the back end, like, they're going to be a good team. Like, they, I think they maybe need like one more young stud defenseman. Like, they have older guys that are good, but I don't know. I I like how they look. And I also, just based on looks alone, I'm a big Travis Green fan. Something about his slick back hair on the bench and the fact that he's, like, pale. Uh, he just he just seems like – I don't know, dude. I just want to, like, meet the guy. Like, I, I'm a big Travis Green fan. What I love the fact that you a lot of the times you, you don't really see coaches, like, showing emotion. Yeah. And like, he was like, fuck yeah! And he was, like, screaming and shit. Like, I love that, dude. Yeah. And I think didn't I'm pretty sure he coached in Utica for a while too. So like you know, I mean you you gotta you gotta be a tough soul though coaching Utica for all those years, dude. Uh, tough tough fan base, tough city all the way around. Yeah, um, yeah dude. That's I don't know. That's really all I have on that. Like Minnesota Wild, we can always go back to it. Like it's always more boring when the Wild are involved. It's true, dude. Honestly, if any team needed uh, Lafreniere, it'd probably be the Minnesota Wild. But sucks to suck, dude. Moving on. Last uh, last one we got, the Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets. Other than Columbus and uh, Toronto, this was probably my favorite series because there was a lot of jam. There was that Kachuk-Shifley hit that Paul Maurice thought that it was on purpose. I've, I've, I don't know if I've said this enough. Paul Maurice is the fucking man, dude. I, I think he is so fucking cool. Like, I, I don't think at any point during that hit you – you even thought that that was an on-purpose thing, but I love how he just goes out to the media shooting from the hips for the for the boys, dude, and like how he mentioned what the what I have to figure out this guy. Because that definitely was while you look that up, that definitely wasn't on purpose, right? Like I don't think so, dude. It, <laughs> I just don't think I, it's humanly possible. But I, I mean, I agree. I agree. Oh, like you Harkins, want- the thing they said about Jansen Harkins being like the uh, nobody's given him an opportunity, and he's he's earned yeah. it and shit. And he'll, he'll have a fourteen-year career, like. I, I fucking – I love Paul Maurice. Even, like, he, he gets, like, snippy with the media, too. Like, who did he used to coach? Was he a Senators coach? He was – he was he won the cup with the uh, Hurricanes. Oh, man. Well, I like him better than I did before. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of what I have there. What else do we have? I have a couple other things written down here. Oh, the Winnipeg coaches didn't shake the Calgary players' hands. Fucking love that. Paul Maurice is telling the boys now it's getting the back. Uh, you wrote down. Oh, oh, oh! Really quick, dude. He did not. He did not win a Stanley Cup. Just, just for clarification, I thought he might have. He did not win a Stanley Cup. I'm glad I fact checked myself. That makes me feel better. That back? came off the. That came off my tongue, and I was just like, I don't think Paul Maurice has earned one yet. He's back on in my good graces, dude. I like that. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, dude, can I – so I, all I had on this series, two things. I was super wrong on this. I thought, I thought like, this was going to be another flame situation where they disappoint me, disappoint me. But Hellebuck, we pumped his tires as being, like, the next USA superstar. He stunk. Uh, and then Shifley and Line, Line A go down. Like, they weren't going to win. Do you know what I mean? Like, once – with all that stuff, those three things, like, pretty much ruined the series. Like, I think the Flames played a great series, and they definitely played physical, and it was fun. 
But I wouldn't, like, if I was a Flames fan, I wouldn't be that pumped because that was a pretty wounded Jets team. Um, and then my other thing, I just wanted, I just wanted to throw out there because I found this quote and I, and I loved it. Uh, Dylan Dubé, that I think he scored a game and game a goal in Game Four after Lucic's fight. They basically this article came out talking about how he like Lucic is his role model on the team. And this fucking, I just wanted to read this quote uh, when he says something about needing to do something on the ice, the compete level. You listen. He's done it. He's been through every single high and low in hockey. To have a voice like that in the dressing room, you can really lean on him. He expects you to do that. He's ready every game and has that voice that really pushes us together and pushes us in the right way. So, so shout out to Lucic for probably, do you think Lucic just like yells and gives like big quotes? Like, I don't know what's going on down there, but I liked, I liked that the team recognized that he, he had that fight and then they came out and kind of the floodgates opened up. How horny are you when you read that? Dude, the whole article, man. I was smiling cheek to cheek. It's on the Calgary Sun. Dylan Dubé feeds off me on Lucic's playoff experience. Like, fucking look it up if you want to cry. No, I mean, Luch, Luch has kind of really served a purpose. He's kind of found that home in Calgary, and I think that's kind of cool, especially after that whole Edmonton Oiler facade that he went on. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of what Calgary needed, and I, I hate these fucking people that say that fighting sucks and fighting doesn't belong and fighting doesn't do anything. Like, you haven't played hockey, man, because if, if you're playing hockey and you look down the bench and you see Milan Lucic on your bench, you immediately feel better. There's there's none of that, like, oh, like, I'm going to get buried tonight. You know you're not going to get buried tonight. And if you do, Lucic's going to cave somebody's face in. Like, that's that's how it is. And dropping the gloves off the opening draw, like, fuck it, I love that shit, man. <laughs> I love that shit. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. So, overall, dude, before, before we move on to our predictions quick, uh, where you can hear our expert takes after going a combined 4-12 and 12 last week. Uh, <laughs> What did you think of the first round, like the play-in, like series in the bubble? Like overall, I think I would give it a, I would give it a B. I thought it was like a step below playoff hockey. There's definitely some rust. The round robin games kind of sucked ass, um, and there was probably like about half the series were good series. So I would say a B because it definitely entertained me. I would agree with that, dude. Um, seven out of ten. However, if you're like trying to make this an every year thing, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I don't think they would do that. Do you think the NHL would be like, oh, this would be sick if we There's just – There's some people that are like, this is awesome. This needs to happen every year. Shut up, dude. This yeah, is no. Every year. Yeah, absolutely not. I feel I, like they're so happy because we haven't had hockey in three months. That's probably yeah. why it's – people are fucking idiots, dude. And they give they get given fucking all these followers and check marks and they don't know they're fucking red from green, dude. Uh, <laughs> All right, dude. Red from green. What do we what do we have? Uh All right, serious predictions. Here we go. Philadelphia, Montreal. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna throw out a number too. Let's just throw out a number of the series. I've got Flyers in seven. I think I'm saying seven because I'm respecting the habitants and Claude Julian and what they did in the first round. But I ultimately don't think it's enough. People would argue the Flyers are probably the hottest team in hockey right now. Um there's a small part of me that says the the Canadians are going to choke down defensively, play like dump and chase hockey and just sit in their own D zone and hope for the best. Um, but I just think the Flyers are too powerful. Okay, I'm going to go Flyers in five. Flyers in five. Uh, next series, Tampa, Columbus. I got it. I got Tampa. I'm. This pains me to say I got Tampa in five. Their two-star players are injured. 
Um, they're playing the team that they played last year that upset them. If this Tampa team has any heart, they're going to win this series. They still have a shit ton of talent. Ryan McDonough can step in and be the best defenseman on that team. If they need them, they still have Sergachev on the back end. Braden Point was electric in the first round. I still think they have the firepower. I really don't want to go against Torts, and I hope Torts pulls it out in seven. But I'm going to go Bolts in five. Last series, you you nailed it when you said that. You know, we were picking first <laughs> off of talent, and we didn't trust our heart. I'll never let that happen again. Columbus in six, dude. Torts has this team ready to fucking wheel. Um, Capitals, I wow. Capitals, Islanders. Yeah, I got Isles in six. I think the X factor is Trotz, right? Who knows the Capitals better than their own coach, Barry Trotz. That's who he knows this team like the back of his palm, and he's already arguably the best coach in the league right now. Uh, I think if there's any team that can stifle the Ovechkin show, it's probably Barry Trotz's defensive-orientated Islanders. And there's a lot of Russians on the ice, too, including Varlamov. I just want to throw out that. That's it, dude. That's all I have. Uh, I'm going Washington in six, and I can't wait to see Tom Wilson fight Matt Martin. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you think they do it in game one? Uh, if they have any sort of class, they will do it in game one. All right. I like that prediction. I don't – all right. Boston, what do you got? Carolina. Uh, Bruins in four, dude. I just – I just the only reason I say Bruins in four is because I would just like the Bruins to be seven games better than the Rangers. Bruins in four. I am going to go with – I'm going to go Boston in six. Yeah, thank you. Were you sitting on that one? Were you trying to convince yourself that maybe you should take the Hurricanes? I was, but if – I can't. <laughs> I can't. Um, Vegas Blackhawks. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going Blackhawks in seven. I mean, I've – it's it's a showdown with the Golden Knights in the playoffs again. It's always a battle for me, but I like this series. I like how the Blackhawks are red hot. Corey Crawford's red hot. The old players look rejuvenated. Uh, Blackhawks in seven. Vegas just went three zero. You hate Vegas. Vegas in five. All right, Colorado, Arizona. Colorado. I got Colorado in six. I don't. I don't know. I touched on it earlier. I think they're the most, probably the most exciting team to watch. I just don't see – I don't see OEL and that defensive group stopping uh, McKinnon and company. I don't know if Darcy Kemper is going to be able to stay on his hot streak. Like, he, what did he have, like a 940 save percentage or something like that, 933 maybe. I, I just – I don't see that being sustainable for the Coyotes. That's fair. I have Colorado in four, queen sweep. Thanks for coming, though, Coyotes. Uh, <laughs> Stars, Flames. Yeah, I'm just going to continue off that high horse, dude. I, I, I was going to pick uh, the Stars originally, but then I read that Dubé article and shed a tear. So, Flames in seven. Uh, Flames in five, dude. Uh, I, I'm not convinced on the Stars anymore. I was a couple years ago. I just don't think they can get it done. You know what's weird, though, is, and this is very hypocritical of me to say, is out of all the playing teams that played shitty, the only team that really concerned me a little bit was the Stars. Yeah. And they won a game. And yep. I don't even know why that makes sense. I I don't know. I would agree. I, yeah. They just they didn't even look good. Well, do you think if, like, Jamie Benn actually showed up, they would have a chance? Yeah, dude, because Jamie Benn's unbelievable. But Jamie Benn's getting a little bit older. They're all getting a little bit older. I got, I got fucking Calgary in five. Um, 
And then the last series, St. Louis and the Canucks. So what do you got? I'm going St. Louis in six. I touched on it earlier. I'm not really that concerned about how they played in the first round. I think Vancouver is a good story, and I think they're young, but I think they're going to get outclassed. I don't know who's going to win this series. I'm just picking this series for the way I want it to go, and I want Vancouver to win in seven. I would love a seven-game series between these two teams because – actually, I change it. I'm going to go St. Louis in seven. We're going St. Louis in seven. I think it's going to go seven games. And I hope that it does go seven games because I think it would be huge for the Vancouver Canucks to really truly believe the fact that they can play with the Stanley Cup champions. That would be big for their franchise and something I'd really like to see. It's beautiful, dude. Beautiful guy. But, uh, yeah, so that was the pod this week. Uh, Patty, we appreciate the voicemail. We're just – we got to get out of here. But we will play it next week's uh, podcast. Keep sending them in. Voicemails, 518-309-2595. Send those bad boys in. Do you have anything else, Al? No, dude, just a uh, good podcast this week. Uh, trying to get off island time. It's fucking Rangers time, dude. First overall pick. I cannot fucking believe it. Unbelievable. All right, we will talk to you guys next week. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips, nigga, I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi-automatic that spits next time if you talk, you talk. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips, nigga, I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi-automatic that spits.